All right, we're back for our all-new show, Damage Blue. Before you ask me if I turned into a lesbian over this last week, no. <laughs> I just lost all the facial hair on my face. I went to Miami after speaking on a conf- at a conference in, Al- in Atlanta, and uh, the barber accidentally cut my mustache, and then I just told him to cut it all off, and then I looked up in the mirror, and he went from he to she. I don't know. You do look like a very dapper uh, DC Dominican stud. Um, so the lesbians would like it. I mean, I'm not mad at you. Well, it would make a lot of women happy because they're all trying to sleep with me. Listen, I, uh, oh. you know, I, I definitely feel more youthful with no hair on my face, but I'm definitely going back to the beer because poppy vibes is definitely in this summer. But uh, I wanted to, you know, kind of lighten it up before we get into some interesting things. I recently. Uh, watched on Instagram this whole thing that went down between uh, a, a woman named FTN Bay and a rapper named OTF Duty Low. And it was all around and surrounding allegations that he had molested her son. And uh, if you missed this and didn't see on social media, we're going to go ahead and recap a little bit for you so you can get right into it. We're going to catch up with what's going on now. And I sat down and talked to him exclusively. So Damage Blue, are you both aware of this case? Have you seen everything on Instagram? Man, I've seen this all over social media in real time. It was really, I mean, as a father, it was heart-wrenching because it was like, I hope this isn't the truth. And the story that was being painted was so horrific as far as the details of what happened with this young child and what he told his mother and the person they were accusing. It was very, um, for me, it was eye-opening because I'm always a person that gets really weird about who's around my son or who will be around my nieces, nephews. So when I heard this, it automatically triggered me. And I'm not going to lie. I leaned into the story of the young child and the mother right away uh, without even knowing all the details. Yeah, I came to this a little bit early. I mean, a little bit late. So I did not hear about the story until she had already started to issue apologies. And so when I saw her on all the blogs apologizing and saying that she had to believe her son and she was doing her due diligence, I immediately started from a place of already being sympathetic towards her because I started with the apology. And then I went back and saw the the allegations and they were really, really bad. And I can just imagine how he must feel. So for me, I see how both sides are really, really upset, but now it's making me sad that they're going against each other. Cause it might've just been a misunderstanding because of a child who was scared. Yeah. And I approach this from the standpoint of somebody who's been a, a survivor of being molested twice. And I've wrote about this in my book. God must've forgotten about me. And the thing that really, uh, you know, made this really complicated is because as you know, I'm anti-cancel culture. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-accountability culture. I'm also anti-child molest because I'm a person who's been a victim uh, and I support those of us who have survived those experiences. But also at the same time, we know that we live in a world where allegations are made every day about people that are not true, you know, and has being somebody that's seen that happen to him himself, I, I, I leaned in on really trying to follow the facts because when we first saw it come across, I said, make sure we post this to bring awareness to what was happening. And then this onslaught of posts from this woman continued to get posted on social media. And then he finally responded. And then it came out that that he allegedly hadn't done it. And then there's been more since then, which we'll get into. But what I want to do is I want to show you a picture from uh, the day that he came to the Hollywood Unlocked Studios. And I took this photo right after the interview. Take a look. Now, now I got a lot of flack for posting that. A lot of people were saying, Jason, this is one you should have sat out. This is, a re- this is an interview that you shouldn't have did. And I want to be able to speak directly to those people that are watching. I'm somebody whose voice was shut down by his mother when he was molested. Somebody did not listen to me. And I fought hard for people to 
finally believed me. And even in believing me, there was no accountability to the person who took advantage of me or to the people that took advantage of me. And so I feel that on one, at, on one hand, it was my responsibility to share the information with the community and then uh, allow a conversation to start. But then as we started seeing this unfold, it was really interesting that it looked like um, the mother, FTMBA, was backtracking from the story. So let me break down for the viewers watching at home so you know exactly what happened. So on October 27th, FTMBA took to her Instagram to share a post that Duty uh, sexually abused her son. Now, this is a rapper who's a part of Lil Durk's camp. That's what the OTF is, just in case you understand, out of Chicago. Well, in her caption, which has since been deleted, she explains that the alleged assault happened back in August when Duty Lowe was at her home with her son, her roommate, and while she was at her show. Now, she wrote, quote, on August 6th, I had a show in Orlando, and Duty Low was at my house along with my roommate and my son and his three-year-old cousin. Once I left, this sick man welted three, screw three screws that he found in my toolbox and shoved them up my son's anus. Now, this mm. is, I mean, a really specific detail that just went on fire on social media. You got, Damage, did you see that? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I've seen this all in real time, and I'm not going to lie, I leaned into the story of the, the young boy and the mother because, you know, we've seen this before. I've seen this, unfortunately, in my own personal life before, of, you know, people coming around young children and doing things that are inappropriate. And honestly, it's so specific. So to me, which is unfortunate, I didn't look for if this is true or not. I really kind of just leaned into the story where I feel like a lot of people on social media did. A lot of people ran to her defense. Now, the kid also said that the kid also said that he had soiled his pants and it required his mother to put him back in pampers um, and that that it had been so traumatic that um, this really caused some behaviors that she hadn't seen. Blue, you were going to say something? Yeah, I'm a little bit torn because um, when I was younger, I was molested by somebody in my family and I instinctively knew that nobody was going to believe me. Um, and there were a lot of people that I knew that I grew up with who were also molested and we all knew that we weren't going to be believed. And so we kind of leaned on each other. And so I know what it's like to be a child who's been silenced effectively. Right. And so when a child comes forward and tells a story like this, as mm -hmm. a parent, you do have to believe your child and do your due diligence. And so I guess my confusion is if it was later proven, and maybe this is something that you guys covered in the interview with him, if it was later proven that the child had been lying because he was scared and making up tall tales, which factually happens a very small percentage of the time, but does happen, why is there anger towards the mother for doing her due diligence? Because the alternative of, do of doing nothing to me would have been much worse. And so that's where I'm confused about any backlash towards her, because whether he was telling the truth or not, you have to first check as a parent. Am I missing well, something? There was well, there was audio um, uh, recordings of her conversation with her son that she uploaded. Take a listen. Why are you about to cry? No, no. Baby, tell me what you have to tell me. You are about to cry. You what? I'm not about to cry. You look like it. So please tell me what's going on with you. My date. Hmm? My date. <laughs> no, no, okay, okay. My date before you don't do it, Okay. 
So. Does it hurt now still? No. Why didn't you tell me, baby? So that was that was taken on October 27th. So now a few hours after that post went up, Duty Low then went to his Instagram to take uh, his own voice back and said that it didn't happen. He denied all of them and that her statements were defamatory. So he then uploaded a video that he said was proof that FTM Bay has been manipulating evidence in order to defame his character. Now, this video shows a clip of FTM Bay's son recounting his experience and blaming it on a person named Alex who revealed in subsequent screenshots of the text message to be this boy's three-year-old cousin. Uh, take a look. We can't lie on Alex, okay? Because if she didn't do it, we can't say that she did it. Because it's, it's, that's really, really bad. And you can't blame somebody for something like that, okay? You can't, okay? So I want you to tell me what's happened. Start from where you were, what happened, please. Tell me what happened. So where I am is when I sat down. No, 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 You said David did it. You said David did it in my room. So now this is what just continued to fuel speculation. So now according to Duty Low, the video that he posted on Instagram is allegedly the first of these videos that he has that um, he, he feels proves his innocence. Now, um, both of them have gone through um, getting lie detector tests and both have denied claims of coaching the kid. Well, after he posted that clip, FTM Bay went and uploaded a second clip of the second child, the cousin, who's claiming that he actually did it. Take a listen. I, I, they did something, something, what do you something. What did he do? He, 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 he I saw Wesley run around. And then, uh, and then, he, and then David was chasing him. He was. All right. After you saw him chasing Wesley, did you see him do anything else to Wesley? <laughs> um, he made him cry. So, you know, she she went on live saying that she did not coach her son. You guys can pay attention to these details. I'm going to show you this. Take a look. Video. And now as far as like, so basically I'm saying I was never coaching him. It was hard for him to talk. You have to understand that he's five and he was molested by his mom's boyfriend, who is a man. And my son is a, is a boy. My son is well aware of his feelings, was well aware that he was violated. So it was hard for him to talk. I had to help him talk. I am not coaching him. I never once said, you need to say it, or you said it was him, right? I said, no, no, no. You said it was David. Keep going. Keep going. We're not going to go back. We're not going to go backwards. Keep going. 
tell me what happened let me help you that video is very long and only parts of the video is being shown i uploaded the video of me with the crime because it's just like i don't understand how anybody could sit here and think that i would go all this extra mile and i'd be crying yeah so there's that yeah, I know that things like these are very emotional, um, and especially when it comes to children and wanting to keep our, our children safe. But as someone who has been extensively taught how to um, navigate around grooming and the subtleties of grooming, she ironically did an excellent job not coaching him. And I think because the emotions are so high, people might have a little bit of confirmation bias. But all I saw in that video was a mother who held space for a very frightened child to share a narrative. She didn't have any big reactions because children actually shut down when you have really big reactions. She kept her voice low. Whenever he would say something or stumble, she would, would remind him of what, what he said. She never initiated any um, incidents that he didn't say first. So she really did an excellent job of not coaching this child. It sounds to me like he was scared and maybe his um, cousin or whoever else was scared and they were just making up lies and couldn't keep track of them. I know adults who can't keep track of their lies, but nowhere in this did I hear a malicious mother grooming or coaching. And I was waiting for that. So that video actually made me side with her even more. And I think because Judy is probably upset about being falsely accused, mm -hmm. he can't see it clearly that way. But she didn't coach him at all. I was listening for it. She did it. Well, I mean, the challenge here is that we didn't see it, right? We saw a yeah. clip, an audio. We didn't see the people. We didn't see what led up to it. We don't know what happened before that audio clip was taken. And a lot of chain of events have happened afterwards that makes this even more complicated. I think when mm -hmm. you say that a man put screws up a small kid's anus, there will be some type of scarring or some type of damage done that can be found. We have a copy of the public records request and we went through it and I shared it with both of you. And in there, she's the the, the uh, assistant state attorney, Lauren Kovitz says um, on December 15, 2021, that she's declining the case because there's a reasonable likelihood of conviction. And she goes into outline outlining why they couldn't find the evidence. And so, you know, I want to be with you, Blue. I want to believe nobody would coach a kid to say something like this. But we've also seen in the world that we live in today that there are sick people out there. I'm not saying that this woman is sick because I've never met her, but there are sick people out there that do sick things or make sick claims. And so now we're kind of looking at this thing without a full uh, yeah, bird's cool. eye view of it. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not fully convinced. I want to speak more to those court documents, too, because in those documents, the child himself said he's left home often and he makes food on his own. He's not even six years old. And unfortunately, being a father myself, what I think this is, is a cry for attention. Mm -hmm. um, my son has never went to a drastic measure like this, but my son has definitely made up lies when he was just wanting simple attention. You know, we're all working. Even when this um, event happened, she said she was in another state at a show and he was left with a roommate in um, duty low. That It sounds like this could be a cry for attention. Now, I don't know, as we're all speculating here, but it sounds like a cry for attention. And I feel like the mother and duty low themselves can possibly both be victims of this young boy's story of him just simply wanting attention. And he's not understanding the the magnitude yeah. of this because he he's not on social media. He's, he's a five-year-old. And I feel he's like also, that's what's happening here. 
I, I, I agree. I, I, two truths can be on it, can be this, um, can coexist. And one of the things that we have to be really, really careful about is using terms like defamation, legally speaking, defamation has to have malicious intent. And so duty low can't take a lie detector test in which he, and by, by the way, lie detector tests are not even permissible in a lot of courts because there are very hard, but possible ways to deceive a lie detector test. Right. But if he's expecting us to exonerate him on a lie detector test saying that he didn't do it, then he can then not in the next breath tell us to ignore a lot of detector tests that prove that she didn't have malicious intent so you have to you can, you have to live and die mm -hmm. by that same sword that same sword that exonerating you is also exonerating her and that's the part where we have to admit that sometimes horrible things happen and there's no one to blame and it's a child so we can't blame a child his frontal lobe hasn't even congealed yet and to be perfectly honest damage reading those core documents i was a latchkey kid my own mother left me to like cook my own food when i was like five or six because she was working as a cleaning lady trying to make money to pay rent when we first moved to america and she if i had lied to her she would have believed me and had to have taken a lie detector test to know I was lying. And so there's a difference between being a mother who's overwhelmed and having a child who's having a cry for help versus being a malicious person who was trying to intentionally bring a man down. And defamation needs malicious intent. And that lie detector test said she didn't have it. So he doesn't well, have a case in my a, opinion. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of things. One, a lie detector test is not admissible in legal court when it comes to dealing with a conviction or potential conviction, but it is, uh, it, you can put it into, I believe, a civil court. So there's civil and, yes. and criminal court proceedings that we're talking about, which are different. My mother left me home at six years old and I remember cooking on the stove. And I also remember my sister burning her hand on the stove when we were by ourselves. And also when I was molested, I was when I was with a, with a, with a babysitter. So two things can be true, but in this case, this kid was cooking macaroni and cheese on a hot stove at five years old or whatever age. And there's a certain level of neglect here that leads me to believe that there's more to think about and consider here. If you are a woman who's leaving your kid home with a man that you just met, because it doesn't even sound like they were together for a long time. And he talks about this in the interview. How do you leave your son home with a stranger? I mean, where's the shared responsibility if something in fact did happen? Because ultimately, this is why I always say about having a kid, I can't have a kid because I'm going to constantly be in a state of worry about where my kid is at. Now, I want to show you um, this interview that took place. And then I want to get into that because more has transpired after that. So I sat down with him and in this interview, um, it was very interesting. He had a lot and a little bit to say, but I'll let you decide. Take a look. All right. Welcome, uh, OTF duty low to the show. Now, do I have to call you OTF duty low or do I, cause like OG, I don't call, um, OT Genesis OT. I just call, no, you can call me duty low. Okay. Duty low. All right. So, of course, you know, we've been following you on social media for the last couple months about, you know, some stuff we're going to get into today. But I reached out to you recently because I feel like there's such a broader conversation that's not happening about the whole Me Too movement, the cancel culture movement that's happening that I think is cancerous to our community, where I feel like the public opinion not only uh, brings charges, but convicts our people in the culture before they even have an opportunity to defend themselves. I think you've been a victim of that recently, but... I wanted to meet you and get to know you, so I appreciate you coming all the way to LA. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me on your show. Of course. All right. So you are in you're in Atlanta now. Yeah, I live in Atlanta. Okay. Why Atlanta? Now I'm not the biggest fan of Atlanta. I know y'all love the strip clubs and all that, but what is it about Atlanta that's now like the new mecca for hip hop? It's just like the music. It's like it's the studios, the vibe, everything is like it's a vibe with like making music. Okay, so you're originally from Chicago? I'm from Kankakee, Illinois. It's like 30 minutes from Chicago. Yeah, I minutes. see Kankakee on the paperwork, but I didn't know how to um, pronounce it. Kankakee. So I, okay, 
So tell me about that. So you grew up there. How many siblings? Tell me about your life growing up. We got like five brothers, six brothers, and one sister. Mm. Five brothers, one sister. Grew up, you know, pretty hard, you know, single mom. Grew up in poverty and made it out. So was rap something you always wanted to do, or did you grow up and want to be other things? Because believe it or not, as much as I spill the tea, I wanted to be a cop. I know that probably, I know. What's Listen, I'm not the people. I don't call, I, well, I can't call them because I'm not in the streets. But, you know, I was a kid that just wanted to help the community. But, like, I didn't think I would end up in entertainment. What were your thoughts on what you wanted to do? I ain't going to lie, this always been a dream of mine, and I always knew it was going to happen. Mm. So did you grow up knowing Dirk? Because I know you're a part of his squad. How did that relationship come about? Yeah, me and Dirk, we, we grew up, not grew up with each other, but I met Dirk in 2013, mutual friends. You know, and we just been locked in ever since. So now a lot of people love Dirk and his movement in Chicago and around the world. Um, and, you know, we at Hollywood Unlocked post all the conversations online, one of which has been a lot of public disrespect by 6 9 So when you see him come at Dirk or when you see him mock the deaths of other rappers from Chicago and around the country, what do you think of that? I don't speak on no, no uh, person like that, man. He get no comment from me. But I know Dirk has been in the news a lot. Um, not really, he doesn't really respond to it. Is it that you, you guys just don't acknowledge it? We don't respond to that. Mm -hmm. We don't respond to nonsense. What about Lil Reese? How's he doing? He's doing good. He's a part of your group, your yeah. squad too? Yeah, that's folks. Okay. You're a man of many words. Are you very careful with what you say? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's no trap here. I don't care what they say about Hollywood on Dr. Me <laughs> There's no trap. All right, so you decided you wanted to rap, and then you started rapping back in 2013, or when did rap start for you? Since I was a kid, but I took it serious when I moved to Atlanta. Like, took, like, all right, you know, forget the streets. Let me go do this. Mm -hmm. And, like, it was like I was chilling. LeBron called me. Rest in peace, my boy. We did a song called Me and Duty Low. And then ever since then, I took it serious. It's like, it's been going great for me. See, I'm from a generation where like, you know, I grew up with Tupac and Biggie. That's my era of hip hop. So like the new stuff, I really don't know a lot of people. King Von I actually came to know right before his passing and to see it all play out. Mm -hmm. um, what impact did that have on your group, you and Chicago in general? That was like, like you see how you said, you grew up on Tupac and Biggie. I feel like Vaughn was like a Tupac of our era. Like, when he died, it had a big impact on me. Like, it was, I, I was lost, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he a real, I ain't never met nobody like him. So for many people that look at hip hop, music, acting, you know, the creative arts or just the industry as a way of getting out the hood, why does it seem like so many rappers of this generation still find themselves like in the midst of that kind of Violence is it just still real? They're still out there. They're still That's connected stuff. to the streets. It, the streets real. The streets real. So it, it it's it's all about who you put yourself around. At the same time, like you could, you can't you can't be in the streets and be trying to up your career in music. Like it's it ain't no one foot in, one foot out. You know. So mm -hmm. you gotta pick like you you gotta pick wisely, or mm -hmm. you can be. You could be here and gone the next day, you know? 
So when you say pick wisely of who's around you, that includes your girlfriends, and you haven't been the best at making that decision, clearly, because that's <laughs> part of why we're here. How do you determine when you have the right or wrong people around you, whether it's the homies, whether it's a girlfriend or the family, anybody? You will know. You, you, sometimes you won't know because people put on so much, like, fake, it, everything, like, fake, it's like fake love, you know? So, but I got a gut instinct of certain things. So when I, I start following my gut, I go off my gut instinct, so, like, Say if I lose some money or I ain't got what I had or you ain't gonna see the same people around that that was when you was up, when you down. And it's just like that, you would know. So recently at Hollywood Unlocked, of course, you've been a headline. Um, and, you know, I really don't want to mention the young woman's name because I feel like at this point she's done enough to get clout on Instagram. Sure. Um, but, you know, me being really big on having conversations about how we don't cancel people or or try to publicly crucify people before we've had a chance to both hear them speak and like let the facts play out in court or something. I just was really intrigued to talk to you because I feel like with you, there was such this rush to judgment online before you even spoke. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to talk about this. So, so this woman, how did you all meet and how did this relationship form to the, to, to the extent that we got here? I met on Instagram like in 2021, May, I was in Miami. And we linked up. I was in LA actually. I flew out there to go kick her with her. She was cool, you know, at first. Cool. And it went from there. So, how long were you guys together? We weren't typically together. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know? She was one nah, of them. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> she, was like, she was like somebody I, like, I want to say my girlfriend, like, she was somebody I was dealing with. Okay, so she was somebody you were dealing with, but the way she made it seem online is you all had this extensive relationship that you all had been together. I mean, literally this came out of nowhere and the way that she talked about it is if like you were her kid's stepdad or something. She made up a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, people believe a lot of stuff in their head. So you guys were together and then she ended up, okay, what I'm trying to get at is the relationship, right? Like, what was the nature of it? Was she just a side chick, a jump off? Was I was she somebody to, yeah, involved like, with? Like, she was just somebody, like a, like, jump, you could say jump off, because I, I can't say side chick, because I ain't had no girlfriend. I don't got no girlfriend. Right. It was somebody I was messing with. She was cool. Got it. And then, so you guys get together, and then out of the blue, again, we don't even know that backstory. Out of the blue, she makes these allegations online that go extremely viral. Mm -hmm. um, so what, this is what she said on Instagram. I had a show in Orlando, and at OTF Duty Low, was at my house along with my roommate and my son and his three-year-old cousin. Once I left, this sick man welted three screws that he found in my toolbox and shoved them up my son's anus. That, I think, was the craziest post I had seen anybody post on social media. And as somebody who's been molested, of course, we saw it and reacted to it by sharing it because she had made such an outrageous claim, as did a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. You've seen it unfold since then, but I want to ask you, when you saw that, what, where were you and what was your reaction to it? Sicko. Pathological. Psycho. I, I would thought that people would have common sense Three screws welded, and this man is not in jail. He's not charged or nothing. Uh, you get what I'm saying? So it just, 
it just showed me how the internet run the world now. Like anything they put on the internet, they run with it. Anything like I've never been charged or there never was no case on me or nothing like that. You got this girl coercing her son, coaching her son to tell the law enforcement things that's not true. Mm-hmm. Where were you when you saw the post? Actually, she she called me. I knew about this before she posted it. Oh, she told you she was going to post it? No, she called me like, you touch, what, what are you talking about? She, you know what you did? Attorney, you feel me? I ain't got time to deal with that. Did you, what was the status of your relationship before she called you? Like, we weren't talking. So it was? I was on tour. I was on tour, back outside tour, me. I was on tour with Dirk, baby, you know? So the reason why I ask you is because sometimes like when people are in relationships and like either the relationship don't work out, you get with another girl, your career's taken off so you're too busy and because they can't have you, they try to control you through the kids or through rumors or through lies. Was that the situation? Like were you all, was she trying to be with you? What was it that was driving it? I think she seen me going up. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I think she, well that's the truth I think in my heart. Like she seen me going up, I'm on tour. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm going up and right in front of her face, like, and we not talking. So I feel like that's a part of her plan. Like she did it to other rappers, which I don't want to say their names, but she have a history of doing this thing. So of this kind of situation, not, not as, not as extreme, not as extreme, but if you go look back and see what she done did to certain individuals, you'll be like, okay. There's a pattern. Mm-hmm. She just went too far with this. Mm. No, she did beyond far. Okay, so in there she did these posts and you didn't really respond right away. When you saw it, did you feel, did you dismiss it and say, this is so crazy, I'm not even gonna waste my time? Or did you feel like, let me watch this play out and then go from there? You wanna know the truth? When I synced it, like, she's sick. That's all I can say, she's sick. And something like that with millions of people trolling you and calling you things that you're not um, pedophiles. And like my DM was chomos. I'm like, what the fuck is a chomo? I Googled it. It's like a, a fucking oh, a child molester. Child molester. And I'm like, this is not me. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I got four daughters, mm-hmm. four beautiful daughters. You feel me? That love me dearly. Mm-hmm. They seeing this on TikTok. And you know what I'm saying? They getting fights at school because of these things. So it was like, it, it, it mentally messed me up, but I instantly shook it off and got back in the studio and got back to work. You shook it off because you had to get back to work or you shook it off because you thought I, it was- I shook it off because I know the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so in this, so she posted that and then she went on to post this. While I'm patiently waiting for the police to complete their investigation, I needed to speak up and expose this sick man to warn other females with kids and maybe other girls who dealt with him and should talk and they should talk to their kids. I kind of took that at the time as um, as the world that she was trying to inform people. But now looking at it after it's all come and you know, come out that she was really gaslighting women and gaslighting people online to just further attack you with her, her claims. Right. I feel like she was trying to recruit people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Come say, it. you know, think of how she said it. Yeah. Um, he, he had to do this before and what the, come on, like, that's weird. Like, 
you you trying to recruit people to like on some weird stuff to back your lies up like you wanna you wanna recruit people like the Me Too movement type stuff like it was weird to me so I just got back to my music bro and it put a spark in me to go even harder. Mm-hmm. What were people's response to you online? Was it was did it get worse as she kept posting and kept um, agitating people? Yeah, it got worse. It got worse. It got worse. I, I got off Instagram for a minute and stayed in the studio. So you did finally respond. You said, this shit is beyond me. Just to start, people can't make certain accusations without evidence. Um, and then your lawyer said, that's called defamation. A lot of people know what it is. Once you publish it, it's out there, the universe, and the damage has been done. So now it's come out that, sh- that she's saying that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it literally flipped social media upside down because it showed a couple things. One, anything said on the internet these days is perceived to be true exactly. without evidence. Exactly. And two, that this woman could indict her kid into a situation to try to control a man, even to the extent she says that somebody shoved something up his anus, which I thought was the most craziest thing. That's sick. So when you saw her walk, walk it back and say that it didn't happen, what was your reaction to that? She know the truth. She don't want to get sued. But beyond a lawsuit, I mean, I, I guess maybe because I've been molested or I've, I've had, you know, my own mother in my book, I talk about how she didn't even believe me, right? And it really happened to me. In this case, it didn't happen to him, but she actually tried to get him to believe it because I think I read that she, um, that they had asked the kid, if anybody had told him to say it, and he said, only my mom. Exactly. I've been saying that from the beginning. So now do you feel vindicated? Do you feel that, do you feel like, how do you feel now that she said that she, it, wasn't, it didn't happen? It don't make me feel no type of way because I know it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I just want the public opinion, court, internet to know that this shit didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So now that it's come out that she didn't tell the truth or that it didn't happen. Are people online change? Like, is their point of view changing? Yeah, it's a lot of apologies. And it's a lot of, a lot of people apologized and said they were sorry. And you know what I'm saying? But it's like the damage is done. But as far as like, I'm just getting back to my music. Mm-hmm. Getting back to drop my tape, my deluxe, Big Dooley Low. So in that in that album, the Big Duty Low Deluxe comes out February 11th. Yes. So what was Dirk's response to everything that was happening? Did you all have a private conversation since you were part of his uh, his group? Stay off the. He said, just stop looking at the comments. Stay off the internet, bro. It's gonna blow. Mm-hmm. Wow. He, you, uh, my team, like we so tight. It's like OTF is a family. You know what I'm saying? So we a real family. We know each other like. Our kids is, we, you know what I'm saying? So you think that somebody like as him has a child molester around, like you really play not with only my name, you play with our brand name. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't think that's cool. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. So what do you, so I think you publicly standing up for yourself is also standing for a lot of other men who are wrongfully accused. I mean, when we talked on the phone, 
when, when the news broke that um, she wasn't telling the truth and it was all a lie and you said, I don't want to do it online, I want to come in person and talk about it, you flew here to do that. Um, are you doing this for other men who I think are going through the same experience? Yeah, because I feel like it's a lot of men that that probably don't have lawyers or probably, I, it's a lot of DMs that I got that's the technology back then, like 86, 91, they still in there for something that they, that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. And I think this should stop. Mm-hmm. And so now you're filing a lawsuit against her. I read that you're asking for $5 million. I'm asking for $15 million. $15 million. Yep. So where's she going to get that from? It just sounds like in the court paper she didn't even have a babysitter because her kid was left by themselves. No, she had a babysitter, a roommate. No, but I mean, then, but I mean, there was something in the court documents that the kid had been home cooking macaroni and cheese by himself at six. Probably left him there while she was dancing. So, so $15 million. If you don't get the money, will you feel like it was worth it? What, what you mean by that? Meaning, because I'm assuming she don't have $15 million. Well, you don't have to get it from, go back, go back stripping or something like, you know what I'm saying? So... Do you think that the law should change, or do you think there should be yeah. some protections for people? For sure, bro. For sure. Like right now, say if 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 I say something that's untrue about you, and, and it messes your whole thing you got going on, do you think I should get in trouble for that? No. Oh wait, if you say something wrong, yeah, that, that if you intentionally I lie know is wrong, absolutely. And I intentionally, and I know it's wrong and I'm doing this to damage you, and you lose money behind this, and all that. Yeah, it should be laws for that. Yeah, it should. And I'm against, like, all police activity, but child molesters, I believe, should be in jail. Yeah. So that's something I stand firm on. All right, so let's talk about the music. So um, the Big Big Duty Low Deluxe album, February 11th. So who's on the album? What do we have to look forward to? Yeah, a lot of big things. I got um, on my on the album, my first on the is Money Bag. I got Money Bag, yo, Big Thirty. I got um, Tussie. I got Dirk on there. I got a lot of. I ain't gonna give them all you right now. You know it's coming February 11th. You know. Well, what I love the most is that um, you could have just been. Uh, a rapper who just went about his business, post on social media, told you I was innocent, not said anything. But I think it's important to pull up and let people see from, you know, see your face and hear from you directly because this could have been a big impact on your career, financially, what you're building for your children, I mean, your community. It's just these type of things always stick, you know. But I, w- I was glad to see once you posted what actually, you know, didn't happen, that it actually made people, their whole opinion turn around. Exactly. So do you think she should go to jail? Uh, they wanna, man, anybody like that, uh, you, you, you make the decision. Yeah, she should go to jail, of course. But see, I ain't in the street, so I can say it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how you answer it. <laughs> yeah. But like, if what if I went to jail for something that I didn't do? Mm-hmm. And how many men like you have gone to jail for mm-hmm. being accused of rape or things that they did not do? Exactly. It really makes you think about the whole system and how it all worked. Because this is clearly an example where you were convicted online before you even spoke. Like, you didn't even say nothing. I saw how many posts were being posted about you. I was shadow banned. I couldn't go live. I couldn't speak. What can I say? Mm-hmm. I can't, people can't even find me. They tell me, oh, he hid his page. And 
I'm in the studio working on music. I ain't fucking hide my page. Well, I'm gonna hide my page for it. Right. Okay. Well, look. Um, we'll definitely put up all the information on the um, on the album and the lawsuit that's coming. I mean, are you gonna see it all the way through? Yes, for sure. Okay. And if she goes to jail, we can post that you sent her to jail, or you, should we say we sent her to jail? I ain't sent to jail. She sent herself to jail. That part. I ain't sent her to jail. All right, well, no. Well, I appreciate you opening up about it, and I think it's a bigger part of a bigger conversation because I think there's so many people who are looking at this story and connecting with family members they know are in prison for things they didn't do. Exactly. My DM full of it. Can you please? Can you please? Can you please? Like, I want to shout out to my attorneys. Eric Mitchell and um, Keon Hardiman. I want to shout them out because they played like a size attorney. They was like mentoring me. Like everybody knew this was a lie. This a far fetched. This like a fairy tale book. Well, it's real because it's here. This is the most notes I've had for any interview I've ever had. Exactly. But I love this one right here, which is from the assistant state attorney, Lauren Kovitz, who basically said she's declining this case because there's no evidence. And they actually go into detail about how much they examined the whole case and there was nothing there. Exactly. Well, I'm glad that you fought for your innocence and I'm glad that we could share it with the world. So we'll keep posting on Hollywood Unlocked. And if anything else comes to bear, send it to us. All right, for sure. I appreciate you for having me. Of course. Big Dewey Low coming February 11th. Go get that. Cop that. Peace. So, yeah. Um, there was a lot said and not a lot said. You know, one thing I will say, he didn't want to say her name during the interview because he didn't want to give her any more clout. And he also asked that we not interview her, which I find very interesting because we've never had a request from somebody to not interview somebody else. Now, I could understand from his perspective of not wanting to allow her to continue to trash his name. And in all honesty, I called him or I reached out to him via DM when the uh, audio recordings went live. And then he actually reached out and got on a flight that next day and came here to LA to sit in person because he said to me, he felt it was important of an issue enough for him to be in person for people to be able to see him. But then when he got here, I don't really feel like he, he talked a lot. Yeah. I mean, I have a few things to say. One, I see some mutual cattiness. Um, him was very, you know, very low key, very discreet, but there's something that's going on between them you know, I do believe maybe they weren't in a serious relationship, but then why would you be over her house when the roommate and the child is there if this relationship didn't get to a certain kind of level? You know, that doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I feel like whatever turmoil they went through in there, whether it was arguing, whatever, children pick up on that. Like me and my son's mom, back when we used to have our disagreements, our, our son would pick up on that. That's why you shouldn't argue around children. And that could lead to why the young boy who's clearly craving and crying for attention thought maybe I can use his name and maybe mommy will believe me more if I use this name because I've watched mommy argue with him before. So we got to be very careful, all of us out here that have children, nieces, nephews, little cousins, watch how you argue around kids because it does shape and it does, you know, kind of mold them to do certain things. Yeah, I, I, I love the interview in the sense that, Jason, I could tell that you were trying to get as much information out of him as possible, but he's very low-key, and street dudes don't really like to talk about stuff like that in detail because they have a lot of discernment. I will say this, though. Everybody on this show, we all three of us, me, you, and Damage, we all know how it feels to be falsely accused of something and how horrible it feels and how enraging it is when your name is being used in a way that you know for a fact that you don't deserve. So despite what I said earlier, that I still, I'm still thinking about the law in that sense. 
I do understand why he'd be upset that something so nasty and egregious would be attached to his name when he knew that he didn't do it. Right. And I understand that perspective and I don't actually even fault him for being upset with her, even though I still do believe that sometimes horrible things happen, even though nobody's legally at fault. I do think, though, that watching that interview made me realize, to Damage's point, that there's two problems here that are being conflated. It's a couple that has their own adult issues that are just catty with each other probably outside of this incident and a child who was scared and made up a lie that caused the big mess. And I want to make sure that when he is going after her, that he's being honest with himself. Are you mad about the fact that her child lied? Or is this a way for you to let go of other displaced anger that you had about your relationship completely outside of the case? So I, I, I feel kind of torn watching the interview because I can tell that he's upset with her about their own stuff and he's mad about being falsely accused. But at the end of the day, if the child lied and the person took culpability and said, hey, we made a mistake, this didn't happen, be very le be very honest with yourself about why you're taking legal ramifications now that you've been vindicated. Like, why continue this, this story is, now that you've been vindicated? Is, but this is the sad part, again, as somebody who survived child molest. This, we're talking about a kid who's making claims that they're now walking back saying that they may not be true and a man who's in the hip-hop industry just a black man in general who's being accused of horrific things um and labeled a pedophile and attacked online and then goes out and then after all this uh she actually apologized take a look i'm gonna publicly apologize and say that you know he finally took a lie detector test it took a while it didn't have to take so long like I never was trying to ruin his career or trying to get clout or nothing. I just, I just believe my son. I really believed him and I just was going to do whatever I could for my son. Like I was going to slide for my son, whatever, however that means. Um, and I, and you know, he dealt with it in his own ways, but, um, finally we came to an understanding and agreement and he decided to take the test and he did it. And it's done. It's over with. He passed his test. Um, my son told the truth. And um, that's it. There's more that happened. Okay. And this is the crazy part. He went and created a song called FTN, Fuck the Net. So he did this oh. song where he went after social media and the internet. And it was his way of creatively addressing the issue, which I kind of respect that he pulled up. And I also kind of respect, to clarify that, and I also respect the fact that he put out a song talking about it, which he's now benefiting from. And then she went on uh, after we did this interview and she came forward saying that she was forced to give the apology after duty took the lie detector test. She said that she uh, is asking for this investigation to continue even after they have said that there's no evidence. Now, here's what she said after we did this interview, but before the interview aired. Take a look. And take the test way earlier, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? So he takes the test, and supposedly he passes the test. So I talked to the nigga that did my last test, and he said he passed. I'm like, okay. Well, shit, he passed the fucking test. So now what? So I'm like, I'm going to hear him out. I'm going to listen to what he got to say. Because I said I would do that if he passed the test. So all right, you went to pass the test. All right, let me hear it. He being all nice to me. 
oh, I miss you, or like, oh, this is so crazy, and I, there was times I really just wanted to talk to you about this, and just give him, just be a nice, oh, wipe your tears away, don't cry, it's not your fault, I know your heart, I know you ain't do this because of that, I know you just did this because that's what Wes said, I don't know why he's, why they lying on me, but, 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 oh, wipe your tears, I'm gonna help you get through this, I got you, I'm gonna make sure that nobody bash you, you know what I'm saying, I just want you to issue me an apology i don't even want to put the lie detector results on the internet and i was like why he's like oh i just don't want them to make a you know they're gonna make another narrative you know they're gonna put it all in the shade room i don't want it to go in the shade room and i was like listen even if i go issue apology it's gonna go in the shade room he's like oh but it's just this gonna be different like i just want apologies fuck my life up blah blah whatever i listen to this man all day i listen to this man for like four five hours i listened to him for four or five hours and i told my son when i first got a car i said wesley David passed his lie detector test. Wesley started crying, ran in the crib. I stayed in the car, talked to David for like four, five hours. I'm just listening to everything he had to say. I'm still telling, bro, I don't know about the kids saying this. Why they saying that? Why you did this? I'm trying to figure out why he moved away. He's moving. Why you dissing me? Nigga talking about he ain't diss me. He talking about that wasn't a diss song for you. My nigga, you named that shit FTN. Like, what is you talking about? Now you want to be in my face. You know, oh, sweet. Like, no, that wasn't the case. Blah, blah, whatever. So I say, listen, I, I'm going to have to talk to my son. I'll let you know how I feel. I, I, I was trying to call my attorney, trying to figure out what I want to do. But he was just like, oh, if you don't, you know, if you don't issue the apology, then I'm going to just have to do what I got to do. And I'm going to have to just keep dragging this. And I don't want to have to keep dragging you through this. And I don't want to have to keep doing this. I just want to go about my business. I want us to move forward. I miss you. Like, all type of shit. So I'm like, all right, bro. I'm going to go talk to my son. So I get upstairs, I talk to my son, bro, and it took my son like an hour and a half, 20, like not an hour and a half, an hour and a half or two hours to even say a word. Like he just wasn't even talking. I'm, I'm asking him, bro, did David do this to you? Yes or no? Tell me the truth, tell me the truth, tell me the truth. I, I just keep, come on, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Tell me the truth. He's just looking at me, just looking at me with tears in his eyes. What's that mean, Wesley? Talk to me. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Talk to me, talk to me. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to have David on the phone. But David was like, oh, I want to hear what he got to say. Because cause if not, I'm going to still think you got something to do with it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't have nothing to do with it. It's just, it's coming from my son. So I'm like, all right, I don't give a fuck. Like, you can you can hear him talk to me. Like, he ain't going to talk to him. But I'm going to put the phone down. You can hear him. So I'm, I am I put the phone down. And I'm talking to my son. He don't see his face or nothing. I see his face. I'm talking to him. He's just looking at me. I'm like, Westy, bro. What's the truth? Because he passed the test. You know, if you're confused at how he passed the test, you could be confused. I'm confused. But I just need to know the truth. Just sitting there looking at me, standing looking at me, standing looking at me, standing looking at me. No, I'm trying to say nothing. No, I'm trying to say shit. Not trying to say shit. Crying, tearing up, not doing nothing. And then finally, he's like, after goddamn an hour and a half, two hours, he's like, I made it up. He said, I made it up. I'm like, bro, you didn't make that up. Like, you know, I'm, 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 I know David's recording, so I'm not even trying to be like, oh no, Wesley, I know you're lying. You know, because I know my son, but I couldn't do that because then I'd be coaching him. So I had to just let him talk. So I'm just looking at him like, come on, my nigga. Like, you saw the nightmares is fake. Come on, yeah. Like, I'm looking at him like, come on, like, like I see you having nightmares. Like, 
Like, I, I know why he's saying that. I know why he's lying. He's doing that because David's on the phone. He's doing that because he's confused and he don't know how David passed the lie test. Because in my son's in my son head, he believe what he's saying because he's telling it to me and I believe him. And I believe everything he's gone through and I believe all his trauma that he's been through. And I also believe baby Alex who says she's seen David chasing my fucking son upstairs in my house naked. There's no reason why a three-year-old who don't live in the same house as me tell me that she's seen David chasing my son naked upstairs. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. And then she say she seen she seen him do something to him to make him cry. Ain't no way. And then when I asked her and I say, well, what did he do? She say, I closed my eyes. I said, why? She said, because I was scared. That's coming from a three-year-old. But they don't even live in my house. I don't talk to her about none of this shit. So you mean to tell me that the three-year-old and my son, they just both lying. All the kids lying on you. All the kids lying on you. For what? The fuck they lying on you for? For what? I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not lying. It's clear as day. He know I'm not lying. He know this ain't coming from me. He know this ain't no, oh, she crazy. She, I ain't want her. He know that's not true. That fuck nigga, he know that's not true. He know that's not true. Why he, why he apologized to me so sweetly? Like, how his tone just, how you go from, how you go from dissing me three times in music to then say, oh, I, 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 I accept her apology. I'm not finna bash her. Nigga, you been bashing me. You been bashing me this whole time. Now you don't want to bash me because I just did what you wanted. He backed me in the corner and my son lied to me. And my son lied to me while he's recording. So now he got a recording and my son saying he made it up. I know that's not true. I'm I, it's the no tears for me. And maybe there was an inner cry there. But I feel like, unfortunately, these, this kid and these kids are now in the middle of two grown-ass adults who have a relationship mm -hmm. problem. What I'm going to rest mm -hmm. on is... What I'm going to rest on is... Um, the document that I have from the law. And it says that they did a forensics uh, review of the kid and that they found nothing there and that there's no evidence to press any um, law, you know, any charges against him. And I, the, the thing that was coming over me as I was watching this is I felt like she was fighting hard for us to believe her so she can beat him in a court of public opinion. Because if I had a kid who was molested and I felt like the laws were not taking it serious, I'd be online burning them down every day. Are you crazy? I would organize a march in front of the hospital, in front of the police department. I would be, I would be frantically begging for somebody to hold them accountable to get the proof so I could hold him accountable. The other part is you can't really blame a person for how they grieve or how they get frustrated. So I'm just sitting here very confused at all of this and why it's continuing to go on. What I know for a fact is there was a claim by a kid whose mother left him alone repeatedly cooking food on the stove at less than six years old, that a man that she was dating who she left him home with alone put screws up his anus. I know that the man then said it didn't happen. I know that the law said that there's no proof and no charges. I know that he did an interview and said he didn't do it. And she went on and said she was forced to tell a lie. The, the sum of all of that is this is a hot ass mess and that kid needs to get help. And I think that CPS needs to step in and talk to this kid and ask questions because ultimately this kid was probably in the other room listening to this mother make this video for social media. I see a woman who clearly needs support. 
Um, she needs she needs a lot of support. She's in a lot of pain. And here's one of the things that I always have to check myself on. I come from a different time, even though I'm not 100 years old. I I have friends who are in their mid-20s. And the way that they think, their logic is a little bit different. And we have to be honest that we have a lot of children raising children who never had examples of how to properly raise kids. And so sometimes we see things from a logical standpoint based on what we know is possible. And these kids are just swinging for the rafters and making things up as they go. I think she needs help. I don't know what her family looks like. I don't know what her support system looks like. But whether this child was molested or not, whether she gets sued for defamation or not, she needs support and she and that child both need help. I think everybody in the situation is in pain. I also think the ego is a powerful drug. And when you see yourself being dragged on social media, even if you have pure intentions at the beginning, you find yourself pandering for social media. It's one of the reasons why I'm very weary about reading comments, even when we do the show. Even if you have a pure point, once you read comments, you find yourself being reactive to those comments, even if you were being previously honest. So I think she spent less time on the internet and more time talking to social services and getting the help that she clearly needs. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. That that gave well, me a headache, bro. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, not to laugh, but you have to laugh to keep yourself from crying. It's a really sad situation. I mean, um, you know, you said something blue or damaged. One of you said that, you know, he's a street dude. So him even talking isn't something he did not he didn't I didn't get that he didn't want to talk because he didn't have nothing to say. He's just not used to talking. That's just a code that they live by. And, you know, I don't live by that code. I talk for a living. Um, I, I just pray for that kid. I really do pray that the kid is getting the help that the kid needs to process what did or even didn't happen because they are caught in the middle of this crazy story. I also say that there are a lot of us men, and particular men of color, who have been victims of sex assault or sex abuse. Um, and I would say not even victims, survivors, because if you got through it, you survived it. But you're not going to survive the trauma that's caused by those experiences. And so I hope that you seek the help that you need in order to process that experience because you're valuable. And in this situation, I really want to say that this kid has been treated as less than valuable just by the context of how we're referencing this kid's trauma or not. Um, it's too much for me, um, but I hope that people are watching this go down and 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 having questions with their own ch conversations with their own children because you never know what your child is going through especially if you're leaving him home by himself at five uh, five years old to make macaroni and cheese we're out peace all right look that was a great show and make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy uh-huh that's right that means like subscribe do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on and ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.